The light of the sun reflected off the pharaoh's palace, making the great city of Egyptia radiate more glory than it held. Rays of light jettisoned at all angles from the towering spire of the palace, which made the golden city the exact image the pharaoh had conceived. The redesign of the city's architecture promised the presence of divinity, a state the pharaoh had longed to achieve, and his plans he deemed would make it so, if they came to fruition. Over 15 cycles ago, the Golden King claimed the throne, seizing the nation from the previous dynasty under a dark moon glazed with certain magic from a broken world. Obtaining his seat of power through language and trickery, he gained the name Atnaken, the Deceiver, among those who conspired against him. When he assumed control of the region, Atnaken tightened his grip on Ehipshia, bringing forth the tyranny the young world had yet to witness. His plans were unfolding, and he would spread his manner to the rest of the world, and inevitably, the cosmos. The cosmos. Isha, Atnaken's head slave, approached from a corridor to his right, cradling a glass bowl, elaborate in design and filled with various fruits from around the continent. The pharaoh smiled through more than flesh, his dark eyes grinning with a melody of their own. Though a tone paler than most Egyptians, Atnaken's suntan skin illuminated under the gleam of the room. His cleanly shaved head glistened with light. Thank you, my beauty, Atnaken said, relieving the bowl of a few grapes. His voice was smooth and exotic, reflecting an otherworldly mindfulness. Isha set the bowl on a black pedestal, and not knocking reached in for more. As you have willed, master, she replied, lifting herself up, standing straight at his side. A man standing to the far left of Atnaken, down the base of elongated steps surrounding the throne, peered quietly from the shadows. Feeling his gaze, Isha glanced his way quickly, a look of sadness in her eyes. Isha was a former princess of the previous dynasty, housed under the pharaoh Enoch, whose indecisiveness had cost him his crown, his country, and his life. Atnaken radiated more power than glory, but to a mortal such glory was more than one could bear, making him appear godlike through eyes of mundane perception. His radiance affected all who saw him, his energy commanding authority and obedience, an aura in which even the most strong took to the knee. The Golden King looked down at a vibrant purple carpet bordered in gold. It led from stairs at the seat of his throne across white flooring to the entrance of the throne room, large doors before him, and he sat savoring the intricate design. Through such display he was once again reminded the ultimate nature of magic, a formless untold energy that gave him power, fueling his strength and awareness. Jazz, the pharaoh's personal secretary and master of household affairs, appeared behind the king. In a hushed tone, he whispered, Your radiance? Atnaken raised an eyebrow, looking at him through the corner of his eye. Our champion has returned. Excellent. Atnaken replied, Send him in. As you wish, illuminate one. With a swift bow, Jazz turned, nodding to the gatekeepers who proceeded to open the large doors Atnaken had regarded moments ago. A warrior nearly double the size of any common man entered, his hulking silhouette dark and defined, 
followed by the ghostly supernatural presence of the Lord Commander. With long strides, they reached the foot of the throne. Gentlemen, the Pharaoh began. I take it the siege was a success. Yes, my king. The lands of the spit, your Scar said, lowering his head on the final word. Splendid. I understand there has been a slight alteration to your orders given. Tenhut has ordered an installment in the region of the Sphin. However, that will not be necessary. See to it they return regional control to the Retmen immediately. Scarge bowed as Atnagin continued his interrogation. What of Katashia? The Retmen's metropolis has been burned to the ground, Scarge replied. As it should be, Atnagin affirmed. The likelihood of an organized and assembled resistance will amass among the Agrian populace. Once they hear of this tragedy, Atnagin's face reflected sorrow as if he felt the event through the eyes of the North. Though Katashia once lay a neutral city, allied with Nam, I believe the order of men will not allow for such barbarism to go unchecked. Scorch took a step forward. Indeed, they will come to see this as an aggressive act, and will surely come to find a ripple effect. Precisely, Atnagin replied. Word of mouth will travel quickly, but without evidence, the other nations will be deprived of accusations. You were careful to leave no trace of Egyptian involvement. Atnagin glared at Scar. Once we remove the troops from the region, there will be no visible sign, Your Excellency. I shall have the couriers deliver the message at once. If the nation armies of man alongside a unified Agria intend to collaborate to discover the source of Katashia's destruction, the Imperials will find their testimonies in the surviving Ratmen hidden throughout the region. We will bid audience with the Edictus of Agria. A favorable offering to deter the Chancellor's investigation may be just what we require. After all, there dwells no stronger weakness in man than greed. Atnaken paused, raising his arm to examine the golden jewelry that decorated his form. But it is best to not take for granted any aspect of our enemy.